And I want you to notice a few of the quotes that he talks about, and then I'm going to probably go for the rest of our time on a passage of Scripture that he brings up that allows me to launch. All right? Great. Page 49. He says, now judgment is upon the world, and the what? The ruler. Of this world will be cast out. Hmm, I wonder who the ruler of this world is. He hasn't said that yet. He hasn't told us who it is yet. Okay, now, I know you all know, but don't blurt it out. You know, probably those that are listening know, but don't blurt it out. Well, you can blurt it out if you're listening by yourself. It's not going to matter. Look what he says in John 14, 30. You know, we've looked at John 12, 31. He also says this in John 14, 30. He's giving new information to these disciples, new information to these disciples. Now, he's doing this. Um, he, he, this, is, this is taking place during the upper room discourse. And he says to them in John 14, 30, I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming and has nothing in me. He uses that same phraseology in there. Same phraseology. Now, <clears throat> Paul writes to Timothy, and he makes this statement in 1 Timothy 3, 6 through 7. And not a new convert, so that he mm -hmm. will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. Now, let's just stop for a moment. He's saying that conceit will can lead you. Now, what is conceit? If someone's conceited, they're what? Prideful. 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 You're full of themselves. Yes. Another way, Carolyn, another way, full of themselves. Uh, all puffed up. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know it all. You know, mm -hmm. um, I would say that you could probably find that in most politicians, but I wouldn't oh. say that, you know, because I'm sure there are good ones out there that think they know everything, right? Yes. They're all puffed up. I know people are going to be mad at me because I said that, but I think it's kind of true. That's yeah. the truth. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, it, all puffed up. Anyway, now notice what he goes on to say. They will incur the condemnation incurred by the devil. What was the condemnation incurred by the devil? Do you remember? Where is it found? Oh, well, he's cast out of heaven. He is cast yeah, out of heaven. But the, the, maybe you're not going that direction. Well, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, you'll find that. And uh, in, in, in both, in, in both uh, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, uh, in a, he says, I will ascend to the Most High. That is a conceited, mm. prideful statement. In other words, I, and then he finally says, I will become like him. He thought the created, the creature, be, could mm -hmm. become like the creator. And then you find his condemnation in Genesis, the third chapter. In Genesis, the third chapter, he says, you think you're going to ascend into my heaven? No, you will be cast down, and the only place you're going to be is in hell. He says, in fact, and I don't believe he was a snake for one moment that, you know, he was right. a snake. I believe he was an Elohim, an incredibly beautiful spiritual being that got Eve to, uh, to sin. But he's going to be, he, he, he's used in a metaphor that you're mm -hmm. going to be like a snake. Mm -hmm. you're, you can't get much lower than that. Right. You, you, mm -hmm. On this earth, you were this beautiful, shining creature, but I'm going to make you like the snake that eats dust. Now, 
the condemnation. And he says of the elder, the new convert, that he must be of good reputation with those outside the church. He must be with good reputation. Mm-hmm. He must have good reputation with those outside there. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, it's sad, but there are some people that have this church reputation. Mm-hmm. But then if you go out in the business community and find they've got a, a different, different reputation, a different person. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, Pat. Mm-hmm. A different person. They must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. The devil was ensnared by something. Let's go on to this. And he, he pr- quotes Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a what type of spirit? Haughty, prideful, know-it-all before stumbling. In other words, if you have a humble spirit, that will keep you from stumbling. A haughty spirit, thinking you know it all, everybody else is stupid, thinking that you need to tell everybody else what the way it should be. If you have a haughty spirit, you will stumble. Now, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in the power of literally the evil one. And he's starting to tell us who this power, this ruler is. He's Satan. And what Satan wants to do, and Wearsby is absolutely right, he wants to go after your will, appealing to your pride to make you independent of God's will and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. All right? Does that make sense? Yeah. That is his point. Now, he's going to give an example of someone that did that. So let's all turn in our Bibles. And remember, you've got this wonderful, amazing thing called the table of contents. So if You're telling you, us ahead of time. This must be a one we don't look it's, at. It. It's found awesome. in First Chronicles. I believe that's what... It, yeah, First Chronicles. I believe... Is that... Uh, Yes, First uh, Chronicles 21. Now, we want to look at this. First Chronicles 21. Now, this will probably take up the remainder of our time uh, together. But I want you to notice. Now, there's one thing that you'll notice in this Chronicles. And you could read through that. But when we think of David... Hmm. What do you think about? Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Right away, I think of that. Yeah, or I might call bad Sheba. (laughs) Although it wasn't her fault, you know, it was David's fault, you know, but, you know, maybe she... She was uh, part of it. She was part of it. She was complicit. She was complicit. Well, we'll have other ladies condemn this woman. I will remain (laughs) non-condemning. I will condemn jerk David for what he did. Okay, now let's look in, but I want you to notice. Is that new kind of jerky? <laughs> Is that what? New kind of jerky. Yeah. yeah, jerk David. Well, yeah, and you don't want to eat it. You don't want to eat it. What, let's see. I want you to also, I believe it's, um, let's see, is it 32 or 51? I want to get the exact quote. Oh, in Psalms? Uh, yes. Um Let me see. I think it, I think it might be fifty one. Let me look to it. Both those have to deal with, as Pat said, the Bathsheba, <laughs> and she was in the bath. Oh, the contrite heart. Yeah, fifty one. Yeah, fifty one. Um, okay, 
Look, uh, okay, this is very important. Very, very important. I want you to mark a phrase in Psalm 51.4, underline it, and then write it in your notebooks or your Bibles when we go back to this passage. He says, against you, you only, I have sinned. He just said that. I have Mm -hmm. sinned. He confessed it. That's Psalm 51, verse 4. And done what is evil in your sight, so that you're justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Now, go back to Chronicles. I wanted to point that out to you. Because I don't know about you, but that was a sin. That was pretty big. Yes. It ended up, what were the consequences of that? Even though, and here's an important principle. You should confess your sins, but that won't always deal with the consequences of your sins. Right. God will forgive your sins. And that forgiveness, by the way, that doesn't mean that if you don't confess it, you're going to go to hell. Remember, when you became a Christian, Colossians 2.13, how many of your sins were in the future? Oh, and he says, present future. future. And in Colossians 2.13, it says, having forgiven us all Amen. our sins. Forgiveness is a relational term. It's not a judicial term. A judicial term, let me explain the difference. He explains, I'm starting to sound like Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> Lucy, you got some explaining to do, you yeah. know. Uh, a judicial thing, you go before a judge. Okay. And the judge pronounces you not guilty or guilty. Mm-hmm. That is a judicial statement from the bench. If you are guilty, you go to prison. If you're not guilty, you go free. Now, let's say you and the judge, you know, you don't like each other or anything like that. Does it matter what the judge thinks of you? No, it shouldn't. Shouldn't. It should. It, it shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah. And it well, shouldn't now. because he's supposed to be impartial. Yeah. But let's say that uh, this judge is, and you know, this judge is, you go up there and he, he, he you know, let's say this judge renders you not guilty. But what you did really hurt people. Mm-hmm. But you're not guilty of what you... That's the danger. When you go into a trial, uh, the danger is a lawyer will overcharge you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why... So you can get by with a lesser charge. Yes, and if they had gone with a lesser charge, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, murder versus manslaughter mm-hmm. or accidental manslaughter, mm-hmm. sometimes lawyers will not go for the higher charge because they know they can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that that's what it was. So they charge you with a lesser crime so they can get that one to stick. So the judge pronounces you, that is a judicial, uh, judicial decision. It has nothing to do with whether the judge likes you or you like the judge. Forgiveness Mm -hmm. has to do with a, relational issue. I'll give you a great example and a recent example, and I will show you that I am not without sin. Yesterday was our 41st anniversary. Congratulations. Yes, 41 years, and um, it's amazing that she stayed faithful to me and with me and everything else. I wouldn't have done so, but I've got this amazing wife named Cynthia. So anyway, I uh, I always get a card. Always get a card. She's not big on cards, but 
I never got many cards when I was a kid. So it, cards are big for me. So birthdays, anniversaries, always get a card. And there's just been a lot going on. I've been so busy. You know, we got exciting things going on with the Promise Fellowship, exciting things going with all the Bibles. And, and I'm, I'm a little, see, I'm making excuses here, but I'm telling you what happened, and they're not excuses. And, you know, and I'm discombobulated now. I'm having to restructure my whole, you know, kind of, you know, week and, you know, all that. Things, things are, you know, I've got to be more proactive with my structuring. You know what I forgot to do? Oh, get the card? No, I got the card. Oh, you forgot that it was right your anniversary? On no, I didn't forget it was you the anniversary. Write on it? You forgot to wish your happy anniversary. No, I didn't do that either. So what did you forget to do? Flowers. I was just going to say oh. flowers. Oh, yeah, sure you were, no, Pat. I was, was going to say that. I, and, she, and so Cynthia says, can I just be honest with you? And uh, whenever your wife says that, you're in trouble. I said, please do. And so she says, you know, I'm a little hurt that you didn't get me flowers. And you went, oh. Yeah, I I said, oh, and I won't repeat the second word I said to myself. (laughs) (laughs) But at that point, I had a decision to make. I could confess my sin or justify my sin. Mm, mm. Well, I've been so busy. Well, I've been this or this. I did this. I said, honey, you're absolutely correct. That was so wrong of me. Will you please forgive me? And she did. I said, now if you'll please excuse me, I'm going to go get you flowers. Amen. And no, 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 you don't have to do that, which means I have. Means, I'm just <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. That means do it. You better get I your happy really little backside it. out of this house yes, and get sir. some flowers. Amen. See, I'm, I'm confessing all these sins before you all and all these people <laughs> listen to this. But anyway, she said, no, 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 you've just gotten back from money. No, no, no. All right. That's the way Gunner says it. No, 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 you know. But so I went out, got flowers, and brought it back, and we had a delightful evening. She fixed this amazing uh, dinner and all this sort of stuff. We had just a great evening. But you see, that is a relational issue. Whether I ask forgiveness or not, she'd still be my wife. Mm -hmm. I'd still be her husband. But forgiveness is always deals with the relationship. It's relational. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. That brings us back into relationship with him. Exactly. It doesn't mean, it doesn't bring us back into righteousness. No, no. We're already, already, it's relational. Mm -hmm. It is not judicial. He's already declared us without, you know, declared all of our sins are forgiven. It is relational. That's, that's what, what he wants with he us. He wants intimacy he with wants, us. Right. Yeah. And you can't, and if there's a breach in the relationship, you can't have intimacy. Exactly. Your relational intimacy. Now, so let's go to First Chronicles 21. And I want you to remember, I have sinned. David said that in Psalm 51, verse 4. Now, but in First Chronicles, which is chronicling the life of David, it never mentions the sin with Bathsheba. Really? Now, you would think that was one of the biggies. Mm-hmm. But there's even a bigger well, one. Carolyn and I are cheating. We... <laughs> what? 
Because we're studying this right now. Oh, yes, we are. So what was... what? Okay, so... Yeah. So why didn't... Numbering he, the... Okay, numbering the people. You're yeah. right. But why did Chronicles mention this? I don't so know that. That's what we're going to look at. Okay. All of you all listening... Why, why they, did Chronicles mention what sin, not the sin? We're going census. to see. Okay. We're going to see. Did you say the sexes? Senses. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just Which kidding. Which sex are we talking? Yeah, yeah. Well, never mind. I won't say that. Now, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice what it says. Then Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. He And he moved David to number Israel. So what does that sound like? He was working in his life. He was working yeah. in his life. Um, well, well, background, David's prideful at this point. Well, just yeah. th- th- that That's true, yeah. but you don't know that right away. Mm-hmm. And I just want you not all... Not from this scripture. Not from that yeah. scripture, yeah. Now, if you will, I believe it to be Second uh, Samuel 24... Set, turn with me to 2 Samuel 24 and write this down in your Bibles or your note-taking books because this is very important. 2 Samuel, just go in reverse and you'll find 2 Samuel, or page 477, <laughs> Debbie. Thank you. I'm so mad you changed your Bible. <laughs> yeah. I have page 545. Is, yes. That's what we have. Yeah, I have 545. Okay. okay. Look at verse 1. Now again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and it, inc- and it incited David against them, saying, Go, number Israel and Judah. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and it incited David against mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like God was involved in it. But I thought it said that Satan was in did so, it. So God al- allowed Satan hmm. to to do that? Or used Satan. Yes, use Satan. That's what now here's the thing I always say. Satan always goes a bridge too far. Now that's taken from a movie. It's a great movie. Also, a book called A Bridge Too Far. And it was about the British Army that kept invading, invading, invading until they went a bridge too far and suffered defeat. Satan always goes a bridge too far. You see, Satan thought he was going to blow up David here. And it seems like then Satan stood up against Israel. But no, we see that it says, is it Satan Mm. or is it God? Mm. Now, Satan is just God's boy, Aaron boy. He can't Mm -hmm. do anything. He cannot do a thing unless God grants it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes God says, okay, I'm going to allow you to do this, but not this. Mm -hmm. But let's go back to, I'm sorry. Do, do you call that his permissive will? Because that's not really, because I get, I get in converse, no, I I get call in conversations it, with I, people about that. I call it, and you're going to see God's sovereign will. Okay, okay. Because everything God, you know, we oh, look at this, yeah. and, and 
Here's the problem. If you just read this, you're going to say, well, I guess that's God's permissive will. But the question is, why did, did he, do it? he allow it? Yeah. He could have stopped Satan. Right on. Yeah. Remember, Satan comes, John 10, 10, to steal, kill, and destroy. So God is always limiting. In fact, uh, Dr. Geisler said something to me that was absolutely amazing is, um, you know, in order to have free will, you're going to have to have some degree of evil in the world. Hmm. Yeah, if you there's can no, choose evil. That's good. exactly so right. You can choose it. That, that's yeah. exactly right. So you've got to have some degree of evil. You allow that to do evil. Mm -hmm. But if you have too much evil, what happens? It overtakes. It overtakes it. So, Doctor, is a great statement, Doctor Guys, who I didn't want my doctorate under. He said, "Satan." He says, "God allows the perfect amount of evil, not a percentage more, not a percentage less." Really? Oh wow! Because he allows fine a, a fine line that God mm. allows Satan to do to allow free will, but not to be overcome by. Isn't that an amazing it thought? Is. So that yeah. gives us hope for today. Yes. If Christians do the right thing. And we'll probably, I can see we're not going to get back into the book because I want to go through this little passage with you right here. But let's look at this. This is huge. This is a big passage. Yeah. And, and, and you've got to understand, why did he put this in here, the idea about pride, and you all studying ahead, you've got that. But why did he put this and not Bathsheba? Mm-hmm. I mean, most of us think, well, that's a pretty big sin because, you know, one of his soldiers got killed. The baby died. He I mean, her, he killed her husband. Husband. He died in battle. 70,000 people died. Yes. But 70 in this. 1,000. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's read it. You already know. So David said to Joab, it says, then Satan stood up against Israel. He's a And by the way, Satan's still doing that today through Hamas. Oh, That's what's going on. Satan always opposes Israel. That's what's going on. He stands against Israel. He hates Israel. Why? Why is he still hate, wanting to blow up Israel? It's because when Jesus returns, he returns to what group of people? Jesus. The Jews. In, why does he come back to Jerusalem? There's Jews in Jerusalem. What does Amos want to do? Wipe out from the river to the sea. Palestine shall be free. Wipe the Jews out. It's satanic. They're satanic evil, diabolical, horrible. They need to be wiped off the face of the earth. You would learn by now. You would, in fact, I will tell you, all these stupid college students that are marching mm. for, you know, mm. pro-palace, they elected them. There was no Hamas in there until it was 2005, 2007. When Israel pulls out, they have elections. Hamas, you voted for these fools. Yes. So you bear some of the responsibility. Might I say, for those people who voted for certain people in this country, you bear that responsibility. For what's going Amen. on in our country, you bear that. You voted for it. Amen. Now, okay, let me get my <laughs> blood pressure down. Let's look what happens here. So David said to Joab and to the princes of the people, go, number Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan. Do you know why he said that? Because that was the north, northernmost point and the southernmost point in Israel. Dan to Beersheba. In fact, um, 
when we've been to Israel, um, when we've been with Michael Redelnik, and I've talked with Michael, and um, and uh, you know, it, it's great time teaching with Michael, the guy that wrote, you know, the co-editor of the Moody Study Bible, but his wife insists that we visit both Dan and Beersheba. And so someone said, why are we coming? Not much happened down, you know, way down south in, 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 in uh, uh, Dan. And she says, because that's what the Bible says is the north and south geographical locations of the Holy Land. So she wanted to go from north to mm-hmm. south. So I guess, being, so, so being a good husband, they go from north to south. Joab said, may the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are. In other words, he says, they're, you know, God, if God needs us to have more, he'll do it. But my Lord, the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why does my Lord seek this thing? Why should he be a curse to the guilt of Israel? Now, Joab had some issues and problems, and you can read about Joab, but he's getting it right. He says, I'm doing this. Why? Because scripture says, do not number the people. There was supposed to be a census every year, but he's numbering the war warriors. Why would David want to know how many warriors he's got? Pride. Makes him feel oh. good. Look what I've got. Makes him feel good, but what would be another potential? Re- oh, I've got, that guy's only got. I'm using this. Mm-hmm. That guy's only got ten thousand. I've got twenty thousand. I can. I can win this battle. Mm-hmm. Pride, not faith. All right. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went through all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Joab gave the number of the census of all the people to David and all Israel. There were 1,100,000 men who drew the sword and Judah was 470,000 men who drew the sword. But he did not number Levi and Benjamin among them for the king's command was abhorrent to Joab. He knew what was going to happen. He says, I'm going to try to keep it as low as I can and maybe David won't be so cocky. God was displeased with this thing. You never want that to be said about something you do. Mm -hmm. So he struck Israel. David said to God, now, what did he say? Go back to Psalm 51, verse 4. Okay, Mm -hmm. there's a difference. Go back and see what the difference is. Let's do Bible study. What did he say there? In 51, 4. Against you. I have sinned. What does he say here in Second Chron in 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 First? I I have sinned. What? I can't see it. I lost it. To you only. Oh, go back. Verse eight. Read it. David said to God, "I have sinned greatly." Greatly. Oh, okay. Do you see the difference? Yeah. There is a difference here, mm-hmm. and David knew. Because he, as the king, was going to bring a curse upon the nation of Israel. This is why, this is one reason this is mentioned here. You're going to see another reason in just a moment. But you're also going to see God's sovereign will that God, all, Satan always goes a bridge too far. Satan right now is partying in hell. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, David, baby, yeah, you have sinned greatly. It's not like that Bathsheba thing. It's greatly. Mm-hmm. Now notice what takes place. In that I have done this thing. Notice he's done this thing. What's this thing? 
numbering the, the oh, army. Okay. Because it says, you know, it says um, that, that the king shall not multiply wives, soldiers, chariots, and all this. And he's no, and he was, they were never supposed to number the army. It was a sin. I can't remember the address on that one, but I'll try to find it. The Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, saying, go and speak to David, saying, okay, David has just confessed. He says, uh, your servant, I've done very foolishly. I'm a fool. What does a fool said in his heart? There is no God. There is no God. He was acting as if he was mm-hmm. in charge, not God. So the seer, the one that speaks on behalf of God, says, go and speak to David saying, thus says the Lord, I offer you three choices. Mm-hmm. You've got curtain number one, oh curtain number two, curtain number three. And here they are. Choose for yourself one of them. You're going to have to choose one, which I will do to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, thus says the Lord God, take for yourself either three years of famine, choice number one, three months to be swept away before your foes, choice three, while the sword of your enemy overtakes you, or three days of the sword of the Lord. Not the sword of the enemy, but the sword of the Lord. Even pestilence in the land. He was going to use pestilence as a sword. It was, and, and remember, they had no mask back then. <laughs> how did they ever survive? And the, and how did they ever survive without a mask? And the well, a- six foot. Hang on, yeah. yeah. We're going to get there. And the angel of the Lord, the mask wouldn't have helped anyway back then, would it? And the, and, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory. Now, therefore, consider what answer I shall return to him who sent me. And David says, I am in great distress. I'm in deep kimchi. That's what the Hebrew means there. I'm in deep kimchi. Please let me fall into the hand of the Lord. He took the, the three days of the sword of the Lord. For his mercies are very great. What did he say about his sin? I have sinned what? Greatly. And what did he say about the mercies? Mercies are very great. Very great. But I do not, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. There's no mercy there. I'll trust God. Mm. Even though it's interesting, that's what um, Sheldon Von Aachen called one of his books about uh, C.S. Lewis, a severe mercy. There, it's, it's severe mercy. So the Lord sent a pestilence and 70,000 oh men gosh. of Israel fell. Gosh. Now, Whatever, in, in other words, whatever you may have had before, you've got 70,000 less now because you wanted to number and disobey me, number an army. Now, let's read on. You're going to find why this is included in here. And God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But as he was about to destroy it, this is verse 15. The Lord saw and was sorry over the calamity. This is using an anthropomorphic term. It's showing that God feels. It's not like going says, oh, I made a mistake. It's, it's showing that God does. Didn't, he says, I've got to do this. But that didn't mean, it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you, I mean, I, I, I haven't done this. But if Gunner does something really wrong and I'm going to have to discipline him, that's going to make me so sad and sorry. doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it. Because I love him. 
And so that's what's going on here when you see it's not like God said, oh, I made a mistake. No, you're doing the right thing. And, you know, your parent, it hurts, and it does, definitely does when it's your grandson. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts mm-hmm. you, you know. Um, and so, so in, in, uh, verse uh, 15, the Lord saw that he was sorry of the calamity and said to the destroying angel, it is enough, now relax your hand. Mm-hmm. And the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Now, when he says, and he sent him down there after the 70,000 person died, that's when God says, it's enough. It's enough. And so he pulled back rather than swinging the sword. It says he relaxed his hand. In other words, the sword is at his side. That's what he's saying. It's kind of the idea there. And he says, and, and it said, and where did he do this? This is so important. On Ornan, the Jebusite, the angel, the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Hmm. Why did he put that in there? Did you all figure that out in your pre-study? No. No, you did not. Okay, good. You will know then. And I bet nobody else would know. And I didn't until I studied it. So it's not like, oh, I know why that is. No, I had to study it too. Then David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven. That would, if your bowels hadn't evacuated before, (laughs) they would have done it then. May I, I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and most people think, oh, these little cherub angels. This is one that you would pooped your pants if you saw. Because this is, he's standing up there with this flaming sword, and you're seeing all these dead people. Mm-hmm. And so angels are terrifying. They're holy because they're carrying out a holy God's will. Standing between him, he drawn sword in his hand, stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, covered with sackcloth and ashes, fell on their faces. David and the elders, they're all repenting. David said to God, is it, not in, is it not I who commanded to count the people? Indeed, I am the one who has sinned and done very, very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? Oh, Lord, my God, please let your hand be against me and against my father's household, but not against your people that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David, by the way, this is Jesus. Angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Jesus. This is Jesus. Commanded you to say, uh, the angel of the Lord, on the, on, where, where is it? On the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite. So David went up at the word of Gad, which he spoke in the name of the Lord, on, in Onan's name. Now Onan turned back and saw the angel and his four sons who were with him hid themselves, change their pants later, and Ornan was, uh, Ornan was threshing the wheat. As David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out from the threshing floor and prostrated himself before David with his face to the ground. Why? He's the king. Then David said to Ornan, give me this sight. Now, Ornan has not seen what? He hasn't seen the angel. His, His sons did. David did. He didn't. He's been inside working. Okay, and David said, give me the site of the threshing floor that I may build on it an altar to the Lord for the full price you shall give it to me that the plague may be restrained from this people. He's going back to worship, he's confessing, now he's going to worship. Ornan said to David, take it. 
The king shows up, no, I'll give it to you. And let my Lord, the king, do what is good in this sight. You can do whatever you want to. You want to build an altar, do that. See, I will give you the auction, which I need for my field. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the threshing sledges for the wood, which I need for harvesting, and the wheat for the ground. I'll give it all to you. What did David say? But David said to Ornan, no, but I will surely buy it for what? Full price. I will not take what is yours for the Lord or to offer a burnt offering which costs me nothing. Sacrifice isn't sacrifice if it doesn't hurt. Sacrifice or is not... Or there's no cost to no, it. Exactly. Yeah. Service that is, isn't service if it doesn't cost you something. And see, that's what, you know, we as, the, the church needs to learn that. You know, it's not a sacrifice if you'll never miss it. Whether it right. comes to your time, whether it comes to your talents, whether it comes to your treasures, if you'll never miss it. Like a millionaire throwing 20 bucks in the offering plate. That's not sacrifice. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not going to... If, if it's all the extra stuff that you don't need. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. So David gained, and I'll give you, look this up. Here's, here's, here's a homework assignment, and you'll find it interesting. I did it, but I'm not going to tell you the answer. Find out how much a shekel weighed. It's gold. And then compute in today's money how much David paid. And then email me the answer. Find out what a shekel cost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, what a shekel cost. I mean, what? how much does shekel weigh? Uh -huh. And then you're going to find, I'm just kidding, let's say it weighs 10 ounces. And then figure out what the cost of gold is today. Well, I don't know, I don't own gold. And then multiply that and come up with how much David paid for this. Okay, say it again. 50 okay. shekels of silver. Okay, he, no, he paid 600 600. shekels of gold. So find out how much a shekel weighs. Find out how many, you know, so how many shekel, how many ounces is 600 shekels of gold? Got that? Yeah. And then find out the current price of gold and multiply the current price of gold by how many ounces 600 shekels is. And see what David paid for this threshing floor. Talk about full price. Talk about sacrifice. You're going to see that when you figure that out. Well, he didn't cheat the guy, that's for sure. He didn't. Then David, now watch this. Then David, verse 26, you're going to find out what this includes. Then David built an altar of the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. He called to the Lord and he answered him with fire from heaven and on the altar the burnt offering, fire from heaven. That's saying that God is accepting what he offered. The Lord commanded the angel of the Lord to put his sword back in his sheath. At that time when David saw, this is verse 28, that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Ornain the Jebusite, he offered sacrifice for there. For the tabernacle of the Lord, which the Moses, Mo, Moses had made, was in the wilderness. And the altar of burnt offerings were in the high places of Gibeon at the time. But David could not go before it, inquire of the Lord, for he was terrified by the sword of the Lord. So David said, this is the house of, of the Lord God, and this 
is the altar of the, this is the burnt offering of Israel. David gave orders to gather the foreigners who were in the land, and he set stone cutters. He was building the temple right there. That's why you have a temple that is over a threshing floor in Jerusalem. He was building the Davidic temple. Now, here's the point of this story. David goes from pride to praise. From pride to praise. And that's why he's putting it in here. That's why. Mm. Here's a man that sinned very greatly Mm. in his pride. But he confessed his sin. He sacrificed for this. He's back on track. And now he just offered an offering. Fire came down. David says, this is where we build the Davidic temple. Now, obviously, David being a man of war wasn't allowed to build it. And Solomon completed it. But it was right there because of that. And so the reason this is in Chronicles, so you know why the temple is in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. It explains it. 